You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. I am so excited. I am here today with Dr. Courtney Baker, and we are interviewing her for our Fearless Founder Series. Thank you for being with us today, Courtney. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Well, it's good to be here, Jamie. Thank you. Um, I am Dr. Courtney Baker. And do you want the long version or the short version? Because there's a lot in there. We we want the long version. Okay. Well... (laughs) So I started my adult journey as a single teenage mom, and I was on Medicaid and food stamps at uh, six months after I graduated high school, put myself through college, taking my little two-year-old son in tow, um, got my master's degree in communication disorders and sciences, which is just fancy for speech pathology. And then as soon as I got finished with my master's, I moved home back to Texas had a series of unfortunate employment events that lasted about a year and a half. And I decided, gosh, you know, I, I am just done being an undervalued employee. And it was 2002 when I said, I'm going to do this myself. (laughs) I was pregnant at the time, fairly newly married, and I had a 10 year old son and I was 28. So I knew everything and decided that I was ready to be an entrepreneur. And it's funny because today marks the anniversary of the 16 years ago, I turned in my resignation as an employee um, for the very last time ever and started my own company. And we started a pediatric healthcare company that does speech, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing services for kids with disabilities. And we're all over Texas, Colorado, and now in Idaho. So... That's kind of the the long, short version. Could you imagine if I would have asked for the short version, I would have missed so much amazingness about your background. This is incredible. We have so much to talk about. So I'd like to actually go back to that moment that you had, particularly because it's today. And even though this isn't going to be airing on that actual day we are speaking, I still think we need to one, celebrate that. So we need to put some something, some Don, we need some music. That is amazing. That is such a good feeling. But what was that moment for you like when you gave that notice? Oh, it was so it was scary, honestly, because I I mean, like I said, I was pregnant. I was well, at that point, she was four months old. 
and I I had no idea what I was doing. I had no business knowledge. I just knew that my biggest goal was to create a pediatric company, healthcare company that could treat employees as if they were actual people and respect them and value them. And if I did that, then I'd be successful. We have a lot of parallels because I actually had the exact same moment. I had just gotten back from maternity leave after having my first child. And I remember I actually had this conversation with a friend this morning. I sat in my boss's office and I remember we had a conversation that didn't go the way I expected it to on my first day back from maternity leave, notwithstanding the fact that I was very emotional just returning to work after that moment. And I remember thinking to myself, I am going to do something different. (laughs) I, I just knew that I wanted to create something that treated employees the way that I I wanted to be treated. And so I I can relate to that a lot. Yeah. And, you know, one of the most defining moments was when I went to them. It was right after September 11th. When when we decided to start, my husband had gotten laid off from his company. And so I went to them and I asked them, you know, can I get on the benefits? I knew that they had benefits for some part of the staff, but not the employees in the field. They just looked at me and they were like, well, that was stupid for getting pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. And I just I thought, okay, okay. And that was one of the, like, I'm done. And then I had another I'm done incident where um, they held my check because it had iced in Dallas and their office hadn't been open and um, they didn't run payroll. So, yeah, it, it good times. And I was like, that's it. I, I'm, I'm going. I'm done. I'm done. And in that moment, I remember feeling I was so angry, right? And now that I look back and the anger is gone. I'm I'm grateful. I'm like, thank you. Because I wouldn't be sitting in this chair today if it wasn't for that very uncomfortable and upsetting moment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, at the time I was very, I was devastated. I mean, my first mortgage was coming out of my check. I mean, back then we wrote checks, you know, and my first mortgage was on its way. And I just thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And and I knew exactly in that moment, I could choose to be a, a an employee for the rest of my life or I could do it myself. So why pediatric healthcare? It's funny because when I went into speech pathology, I only wanted to work with adults in hospitals. And I lost my sister at a very early age and it was just too close to home. And I loved seeing kids in their familiar environment, doing therapy in that setting as opposed to a school setting. And I could see medically based children as well. And it just, it it made the most sense. And I really felt like I was finally making a difference when I was doing pediatric healthcare in the homes. Making a difference, I find, in talking to a lot of our fearless founders is a, a common thread where you're able to, you feel like you're doing something. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, to touch lives of children with disabilities, in most cases, lower uh, socioeconomic statuses, just like what what's more rewarding than that? Yeah. I can't imagine. That's amazing. You get that like warm feeling, right? Like in the middle of your chest. 
Yeah, they were just precious and they'd run out, Miss Courtney, you know, and just be so excited that I was there. And they had, they were happy as clams. They didn't know any different. So how did you get started? Uh, You know, you obviously went from, you were young for on the entrepreneurial, I mean, young in general, but young on the entrepreneurial journey, particularly at that time. I feel like now it's a little bit different, but I think you and I are of a similar age. And so it's, different um, now in terms of entrepreneurs starting in their teens just wasn't talked about. So how did you start the process? Well, my husband um, was supposed to be looking for a job when he was laid off in 2003 at home and decided he'd look up. He knew like if she's got this on her idea, like mind, she's done. She's going to do this, whether I support it or not. So let me help her set, set her up for success. And so he found me a consultant online and that d- did healthcare organizations, mostly like dental and medical practices, we set an appointment with him and he told me three times this consultant not to do it. Mm. Yeah. And I pretty much was like, thanks. Do you want the job or not? Because I'm going to do this regardless. And I don't know if it was pity or if it was he was kind of desperate because he needed the money, Um, but he decided to help us. Did he help? He did. Yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, he got paid, but yeah, he did help us. He knew exactly like you've got to, incor- or back then we incorporated. So we incorporated, we got our uh, Medicaid, Medicare, well, Medicare licensure and then Medicaid licensure and all of our state regulations. And really like he walked us through the entire process. That's, that's amazing. I love that he said no, and you still pushed on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, then refer me to somebody because yeah. I'm going to do this. You are my kind but, of person. <laughs> but I forgot to tell you that it was two days after we opened our doors that um, our uh, former employers decided to serve us with some little papers from a nice little guy with a suit on. Yeah. No. Yes. So we had that going on. I mean, there's, there's, we should not be in existence right now, 16 years later. I love this story. So did you, besides this consultant who obviously was someone who really did help you along the way, did you have a mentor or someone who maybe wasn't a consultant that helped you, that helped you through this journey? You know, I really didn't. I don't know if it's because there are so few, I mean, I was young, I was basically juggling being a new mom and new um, business and trying to work at the same time I was establishing this business. And it just, I didn't have anybody really um, to lean on until we started being operational. And then actually had someone who is a competitor of mine reach out to me and say, hey, I want you to know I got your back. And that made a huge difference. Yeah. So how did that go? That's interesting. It was so funny because when I got his call, I remember running and I'm, I'm, pretty goofy. Um, but I was running to my office like, Oh my gosh, he called like it was a celebrity because here, you know, he owned this, what in my mind at the time, it was this giant company that was super successful. And, um, he was calling little old me, but it was really, and at that time I was going through my lawsuit. So I was just like, I didn't have anybody to talk to. Did you, have you maintained a relationship with him? Yeah, we text from time to time. Um, I'm, I've actually, uh, with our growth and expansion opportunities, we're actually um, out of state now and have grown quite a bit larger. So, you know, we just, bat ideas and, and things about Texas, you know, back and forth, but it's not like, 
uh, we talk all the time like we used to. So it's nice, though, to feel that support. There's, I feel like particularly in competitors, um, there's room for everybody, as long as everybody's doing their own thing. (laughs) I'm sure you brought a different perspective to the business than maybe he did. And just we joined forces. There were several times we've had to join forces to do lobbying efforts on behalf of our industry and things like that. So, you know, you you can divide and conquer is one strategy. But I also believe that when you come together and collaborate, you can conquer a lot more. I so agree with that. It's, it's really the way to go. So what's been the biggest challenge? I mean, you've built you've built a huge business. Um, What would you say is one of the biggest challenges you faced during this process? (laughs) Well, remind you, I'm in healthcare. So that's always fun. Yeah, I mean, just navigating the regulations and, and, you know, every time there's an administrative change, there's a change in policy, there's a just staying up to date on it all, because half the time they don't know what they're doing. So how do we know what we're doing as providers sometimes? That has to be challenging. So how do you navigate that system? It's interesting because in 2012, I worked myself out of a job and decided to go back to school. And at that point, I started really focusing on delegating my responsibilities. It was such an interesting time, though, because I started my doctoral program at Pepperdine in August because I was really setting myself up for what my next transition was going to be. And then in September of that year, I had a stroke in two places and had a seven-hour brain surgery. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So thank God I had transitioned out of the daily operations so the company could still go and grow. And uh, I had put in place an executive leadership team, which long story short, that's who really um, handles the day to day operations now, as well as, you know, navigating those changes and policies and keeping up to date on regulations. So were you able to go to school? I mean, obviously, you got your your doctorate. So you were able to go to school after that. I did. So I took that semester off, really healed and started back in January of 2013. Yeah, that's amazing. What's your doctorate in? Organizational leadership. So at the point when I went back to school, I knew I was done as a therapist. I wasn't going to work doing therapy anymore. So I decided, you know, I've got this growing company. What do I do to be a better leader? and um, steward it well. And so that's why I chose organizational leadership. But my focus in my research was on women's leadership and why there are so few women at executive levels. And and that was really what my research found. We, we need to have an entire other podcast about that. <laughs> that is a topic I am intensely passionate about. As many people who listen to me and know me know. (laughs) Oh, well, we can do it because it is fascinating. All right. Stay tuned. Part two with Courtney. (laughs) I love that. I do. I I absolutely do it. It is. It's it's something I've many of my clients in my law practice are women um, and women owned businesses. And I give a very a, a talk about negotiation. And it's frequently to large groups that are primarily women. And it's so interesting to me, just the differences I see in my male and female clients, and the differences I see in those audiences and how they react to it. And um, so yeah, I just I, I love that topic. So we'll, we'll go back to that. 
But what I want to know is you've had you've had so many setbacks or things happen or just life, right? But your life, I feel like you've had a whole bunch of things that we've talked about. You're so positive. So what do you do when sometimes you just aren't feeling fearless? Oh, my gosh. Well, and it happens, you know, pretty actually, it's pretty often I have a um, podcast called Women in Business. And I just talked about the episode um last week, I believe that talks about, you know, entrepreneurs and, and I'm not sure about female entrepreneurs specifically, but they have a higher rate of depression than, than employee, you know, like regular working corporate people. And, um, it's twice as high. And, you know, I feel like it's something that we have to talk about those things because, you know, then when, we can probably possibly prevent people like Kate Spade committing suicide and things like that. And, you know, I mean, we all have those downs and those days where we're, who are you? Or, you know, those, that, that voice in your head, which, you know, I picture this little mini Courtney sitting on my shoulder, but her name is Lucy. And I just sometimes have to just thump her off and be like, I'm done. I'm not listening to that. Today is not your day to, to control me. I like that. Um, I like the name, like an alter ego. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And she can talk some trash, Jamie. Oh, but you know, I don't give her. uh, Oh, I'm sorry. High five. I see you. Get out of here. No more real estate in your brain. Yeah, you are not in the driver's seat. I like that. I like that. That's a good tool. So through this journey, um, what has been, what would you say is your biggest learning experience that you can take from this? That it is a roller coaster. And buckle up for the ride, because if you're expecting smooth sailing or, you know, five month vacations on the beach with your laptop, that's not realistic. It's not going to happen. One time I was in uh, my kitchen and this was probably six or seven years ago. And there was a lot of legislative stuff going on in, in Texas. And we were just unsure about the certainty of our industry. And, uh, you know, I had at that point 400 employees. Today we have over 600. But at that point, I had 400 families that depended on me for their livelihood and countless thousands of kids who we did therapy for. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was pacing my kitchen floor at four in the morning, just what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I remember at that point, God audibly spoke to me and he said, when have I ever not taken care of you? And I was just like, never, you've never not been there. And um, doubled down on some efforts that we were going through. Today, we are you know, growing strong, just, I I can't, we have doubled our revenue from last year. It's incredible. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just, you know, you, you can't be half in on this journey, but it's not going to be easy. That's my biggest learning lesson. That's so true. So what's your role in the company now? I'm still CEO and chairman of the board. And I now give back and mentor female entrepreneurs who are starting and scaling service-based businesses based on my research and my experience and combining those two. 
to really impact the next generation of entrepreneurs. And I have an online course and yeah, so I just do my own thing now. I have a podcast. I just play. I love that. I'm going to ask you to tell us all the links and we're going to put those in the show notes um, right before we wrap up. But I have a couple more questions for you first. Yes. So what's what do you think is next for both the company and for yourself? The company, we have a five-year strategy that we are just blown away as we speak. Um, I mean, we thought we would be where we are now revenue wise in a couple, like probably the next year and we're already there. So, I mean, we have the ability in eight years to be just uh, probably, I don't even know, like it, sizable, extremely sizable. And we are now, but um, it's it just really exciting growth on the horizon and expansion plans, other states. It's just fun. That is so cool. And how about for you? What's next? What's next for me? I really love helping women start their own companies and invest in themselves and, and getting their confidence back and saying, I can do this and guiding them through that process. I, it's funny because my one of my first mentee or one of my my first mentee actually says that I ha- I'm having grandbaby businesses because <laughs> they're so funny. But yeah, I'm that's really my heart is to change the next generation of women leadership. And because we are right now and this this goes back to having a conversation number 2, but at the point we are Right where we're going, we are more than 100 years away from gender equality at the sea level. And that really pisses me off. Me too. So, yeah. So I am doing what I can do to change that. Because also I saw a New York Times article that said we are more than, or no, it said uh, there are fewer women run big companies than men named John. I saw that. Oh, oh I felt gosh. so mad. <laughs> I was too. Yeah. And that's why I was like, I am working to change this. Tell everybody where they can find you. Um, and uh, yeah, you're, we, I'd love more information about all of that. Yeah. So I can be found. I have the Women in Business podcast. My social handles are Courtney, but no you. Um, C-O-R-T-N-E-Y, Courtney Baker, Dr. Courtney Baker on Instagram. My email is just Courtney at CourtneyBaker.com. Wonderful. And our final closing question. What is one piece of advice that you'd give to your younger self? Don't give up having fun to make money. I love that piece of advice. That's wonderful. That is so true. I still have to remind myself that. Yeah. Courtney, thank you so much for sharing your journey and your advice. And we're going to put all those links in our show notes um, and certainly share them. I know our audience is going to gain so much from this conversation. So thank you. Well, thank you. It was good to talk to you. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit the transitionscollective.com. Thanks so much and we'll see you next time.
This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.